listening to this message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you are richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Now, here's Pastor Josh Vietti. Throughout history, there have been multiple battles fought in the world, and so many individuals lost their lives, and many others were injured, and many were torn apart from their family. You think of wars like the Civil War, where cousins were fighting against each other. It's, it, war costs something. It does. When you, when you have to fight, it costs you something every single time. That's why these days, if if it's a little battle that I'm fighting with somebody else or, you know, it's something going on in, in my family or in, uh, you know, my culture, I, I'm careful about the battles I fight because every time you fight, it costs you something. In the book of Joshua, we have a story where God has called up a new leader to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And his name is Joshua. If you um, rewind a little bit, the children of Israel 40 years prior were in slavery in Egypt and they were being treated unfairly. They were being abused and they cried out to God and God heard them and God raised up a leader named Moses. And Moses, he was a little dysfunctional, but you know what? He took the call and he said, yes, I will lead them through and I will take them where you want me to go. And so it took 40 years, and through that process, they got lost, they got frustrated, they got angry, but God taught them how to become children again. God taught them that he was their father again. He taught them how to walk with him, how to rely on him, and how to be with him. And through that process, through that process of training and conditioning, they were now ready to go into the land that God had given them. But the fighting hadn't even begun yet. The desert was the training. The fighting was going to happen as they walked into the promised land. And so as they camped out along the side of the Jordan River, Moses had died and God had called Joshua to be the successor. God had called Joshua to be the leader to take them into the promised land. And I'm sure he was nervous. I'm sure he wasn't feeling ready necessarily. And so God encourages Joshua. In the first book of, uh, the first chapter in, in uh, the book of Joshua, God repeats himself over and over 
telling Joshua to be strong and courageous, strong and courageous, strong and courageous. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, strength and courage. But what is it? What does it mean to have strength and courage? Well, there are a lot of different uh, ideas we can pull from it, but one of the main things that I want to talk to you about with strength is that strength comes with training. If you think about uh, these, these guys and, and gals and, and people that go to the gym and they work out really hard and, and they get strong and they, they've trained for something. You go to CrossFit gyms and I, I appreciate how strong these guys are. And sometimes I ask myself, what are they training for? But, you know, maybe it's, it's just something they love to do and I get it. And they have strength, but they, they, ha they aren't in a war, right? Um, if I were to walk into a recruitment office today and sign up and I'm not in shape, they would look at me and I would look at myself and I would think, okay, we both know I'm not in shape. And I would have to do basically the same thing that everyone else does. I wouldn't go on a bus and go straight to war. What I would do is I would go straight to basic training. I would go straight to boot camp, And it wouldn't be pleasant. It wouldn't be fun. It would be difficult. It would be um, a lot of adapting and my, to my, my body would have to adapt. My mind would have to adapt. But after basic training, after putting my uh, body through uh, hell, right? And my mind also, I would be ready. I would be ready. And that's where courage comes in. You see so many of us Christians, we give our lives over to God and we go through a training process where we're taught to read the Bible together and pray together and worship and go to church and fellowship and all these things. And that's a part of the training process, right? And it's huge. It's, it's so important. We have to do it. But then we train and we get ready and so many of us just go back home. We go back home. What if I were to sign up and go to the military, go to basic training, go to uh, boot camp, and then just go back home? It would have been all for naught, right? But the idea is that you go through training because you're going to have to possibly go into war. And I think it's funny how Christians, we train and train and train, but then when an enemy comes or we find ourselves in the middle of a minefield, we get discouraged and we get frustrated and we think, how is this supposed to happen, right? How is this supposed to be the case? If you think about courage, what courage is, is courage is knowing that you have the training and knowing that you're ready and choosing to walk onto the battlefield. One of my favorite movies is the movie 1917, a pretty recent movie about two young British soldiers who had the task of having to walk across enemy lines through the battlefield to give a message to 1,600 soldiers to save their lives. And they had to be, it just had to be two of them so they could be incognito and get through, the, get through that battlefield. And it's a really cool movie. I, I encourage you to watch it if you, if you like those types of movies. But the thing that the thought that occurred to me while watching it was when they encountered an enemy on the battlefield, and they encountered a, 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 a minefield or, or a natural obstacle, they weren't shocked. They, they knew what they were getting themselves into. They were ready for it. You know, the enemy came by and maybe they would stop and hide. Maybe they would run, maybe they would have to fight, but they knew that the enemy would be there. When we sign up to to live for God. It's not all fighting. It's not all wars. It's not all difficult times. I know I talk about that a lot, but it is sometimes. And the truth is, is we have to be prepared when it comes and we can't be shocked. And though, so for some of us, we are in a place where we need strength. 
We need strength. We don't, we've lost our strength. We don't feel strong anymore. I look around, I see a lot of heads down, point, looking down at the ground, and I see a lot of discouragement. And these people need strength. And so what do you do to get strength? You go back to the training. Go back to the things you did at first. Go back to the reading. Go back to the prayer. Go back to the fellowship. Start training again. But at some point, you're going to have to walk onto that battlefield. And some of you out there, you're professionals at training. You're so good at it. You know the word. You know, uh, you know what to say when someone asks you a question. You uh, are able to, uh, to speak the way you know people expect you to speak. And you're able to do things, even serve. But when a war, when you find yourself in the middle of a war, you don't know what to do. Or if you see a battlefield and you know you're called to walk across it, you choose to remain where you are because it's safer, because it's more comfortable. God encouraged Joshua to live on strength and courage because he knew that Joshua would need both. You need the training, you need the abilities, but you also need the courage to step forward. And courage is simply walking forward, even knowing that you could get hurt, knowing that it is going to cost you something. But it's saying, I'm going to be maybe not a hero, but I'm going to be somebody who is willing to stand with my fellow man because the cost is worth it, because what I'm fighting for is worth it. And the battle isn't always against people. It's not always against your neighbor. And, you know, I'm sure people hurl insults at us sometimes. There's, it feels like a battle, but the battle is against spiritual forces. The battle is against ourselves. Sometimes we have to fight for our loved ones. Sometimes we have to fight for our marriages. Sometimes we have to fight for our kids. Sometimes we have to fight for the people around us. And it's not always easy, but we have to get in no matter what it costs us. So I encourage you guys today to take this idea of strength and courage and apply it to your own life and realize that God gives it and he's with us every single step of the way. Good morning, third service, my people, the late sleepers, the late night owl people, right? You guys are up. What do you do at night? It's waste time, huh? Nothing productive. I want to become a morning person, so someday I feel like I'm just, it's just going to happen. I've heard that once you hit a certain age, I just don't know what that certain age is. But uh, anyway, hopefully you guys are doing good. So let me ask you a question today. Is this life worth fighting for? think about it for a second. Because I've been around the church my whole life, and I've seen the attitude that some people have, that they, they believe that, you know, you give your life over to God, you give your life over, uh, uh, you, 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 you accept Jesus, you know, as your personal Lord and Savior, and all of a sudden you have a ticket to heaven, and life here and now doesn't make a lot of sense, so you just live for that, right? Do your, do your due diligence, you come to church, read your Bible, all that stuff. But what I've learned, and what a lot of you guys have learned, is that when you give your life to Jesus, that he gives you the gift of eternal life now, today. And everything that we do and how we respond to uh, what life uh, serves us um, it matters, right? It really does. And um, some of us do well, and some of us don't. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands and ask you how you all are doing right now, 
because I've talked to a, a sample size large enough to know that everyone's going through it. Um, if you're not going through it, you might be on uh, peyote or something. I'm not sure. But um, a lot of people are going through it, right? Going through it. And, and I think that uh, it's the um, fallout, it's the uh, aftermath of a couple of the toughest years in history, right? And, and, and not to, I mean, there have been disasters before, there have been pandemics before, there have been a lot of uh, wars and a lot of things that have happened before, but never to the point where we know about it all at the same time because of social media, because of media, because of, um, of, of this daily serving of a reminder of how bad it is in the world right now, right? And so there's, I don't want to be like all doom and gloom. I'm not being doom and gloom. But going through this last two years, the one thing that I have seen and been reminded of, and it sounds cliche, and I know I'm supposed to say this, but God has never let go of me. And he's never let go of, of you. And so today, when we're talking about strength and courage, we're not talking about, uh, you know, you go to the gym and you see some guy that's just ripped, you know, just working out, just pumped up. That guy's got physical strength and maybe I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to say that he doesn't have inner strength as well. He might. But there's a certain type of strength that God gives. And it's like no other kind of strength. I was reading about Samson in the Bible this week and um, he was a strong guy, very strong guy, the strongest, the toughest the toughest around. You wouldn't, you wouldn't mess. If you saw Samson, you wouldn't mess with him, right? But his inner strength failed him when he needed it the most. And he got a second chance. But so many of us, we, um, we don't focus on the importance of being strong. Because this life is a fight, isn't it? So let's pray. Let's get into the word. And um, listen to God's words today. Listen to what he's putting in your heart. Think about it for a second. What has God, right now, just close our eyes, let's think. Lord, remind us, Father, right now, of what it is that you've been speaking to us. What is it that you've been saying to us individually? What is it that you've been saying to us about each other? And what is it that you've been saying to us about you? Lord, I pray, God, that you would anoint this message from my mouth to their ears, Lord, and let something happen today that's deeper than just words. Let something happen today that is deeper than our day-to-day. -day. Lord, I pray, God, that you would connect with us, you, the God of the universe who loves us dearly. I pray that you connect with us, and I pray, Lord, that you bring us closer to you. That's my only prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so... Um, Talking about strength and courage, I'm going to uh, kind of share with you, I don't know if you guys heard the message last week. Last week, I talked about fear and love. Um, and uh, before I do that, I'm going to read this uh, verse, Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. Uh, it's actually in my notes, and I, like, I want to read that. Um, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance so that you... So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But, the next verse real quick. We are not, right? You and I are not of those who shrink back. We're not of those who shrink back. We're not here to give up. 
We're not here to let life win. We're not here to let the inner voice win. We're not here to let the devil have his way. We're not here to give up. We're here to continue moving forward. And you know what? I know you're not perfect. I know you're not. I know you have thoughts that you shouldn't have. I know that things happen and come out of things come out of your mouth. I know for, for me, man, that's one, one of the things I'm trying to work on is that my mouth is just, you know, it, I just say things sometimes without thinking. We all have issues, right? Really, we do. But you know what? God is good, and he's still with you. I've been thinking about loss a lot lately because I think it equates with fear. I think when we worry about losing what's important to us, that's when we allow fear to set in and, and kind of uh, run our lives, right? And um, in that thought, I was thinking, you know what? Even if I lost everything, it would be heartbreaking. It would be really hard. It'd be, it would be insanely hard. I don't even know how hard. But in the end, I know God would still be there. And I know that I would be with my loved ones for eternity. And I don't know what it looks like. I don't know, uh, you know, are we married in heaven? I, I don't know. I have no idea, right? Some of, you are, some of you guys are like, I hope not. Don't tell my, my spouse. But I think that heaven's going to be way deeper than just even the deepest, you know, human love that we felt here. I think it's going to be something that's really... Really amazing. I really do. Not, and I don't think it's going to be like, like naked babies on a cloud up above. I think, it's going to be, I think it's going to be much different than that. See, God surprises us. He's the original artist, isn't he? And he's a good God. So last week I talked, um, I, I, I used this scripture, and I'm going to read it again. I'm going to try to repeat scriptures uh, more often so that it sticks in our head because we don't need to just read it. We need to live it. And if you want to live something, it's important to read it over and over. So if there's a scripture, a verse that sticks with you, um, write it down. Put it in your wallet, on your, uh, put it on a sticky note. Um, you know, God created sticky notes, by the way, and he did that so that you could write verses on them. Um, and, and remind yourself of his promises. So 1 John 4, uh, 16 says this. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Do you, do you know and believe that God, your Father, really loves you? That he really cares about you? That when you're hurting, that he cares? When you are being irresponsible, that he cares? When you are being a victim, you are a victim, he cares? He cares what has happened to you, he cares what is happening to you now, and he cares about taking care of you. He cares about helping you, right? God is love. He is love. He's the definition of love, but not the kind of love that you see in movies, right? Not the kind of love that, uh, not the romantic love. That's great. It's awesome if you have it. You know, my wife and I are doing really good right now. It's fun. It's a good time. We're having a blast, and it's amazing. It really is. But there's a deeper kind of love with God. It's different. It's different. It's something that lasts an eternity, right? God is love, true love. And whoever abides in love, in God's love, abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence, there's that word again, for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. There is no fear 
in love. But perfect love casts out fear. So in other words, if you are ran by fear or paralyzed by fear, all you got to do is fall in love. You fall in love with God, that fear falls away. You know why? Because you start to understand who he is and you understand he loves you and you understand that he's the most powerful uh, being on the planet, right? Not, not just planet, universe of all time. The, he's, he's the goat, okay? Yeah, it's, it's who God is. Some of you guys get that, but some of you guys are too old. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like on the cusp of like knowing the language. God is good, right? He takes care of us. Perfect love means mature love. You know, I think there's only one way to become mature, and I think that's to grow through pain. A lot of people get older, right? We all get older. All of us, actually, right? We all get older, but we don't all mature. Many of us, um, we avoid pain. We avoid uncomfortable situations. We avoid, avoid things that we don't want to do because we don't want to do them, right? But those that I've seen that are the most mature in life are the people that have got, gotten into the practice of choosing to walk toward the light even when it means they're going to be uncomfortable, even when it means they're going to have pain, even when it's going to be something that they don't want to do. It's a practice. It's a discipline. So perfect, mature love casts out fear. For whoever, uh, for, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Right? I was thinking about last week's talk and fear and how I think fear takes hold of us when we avoid, when we, when we practice avoidance. So let me ask you this real quick. How many of you guys, when, a, un, when an unpleasant thought or something like, you know, doesn't feel right to you or doesn't feel good, um, how many of us run toward that and confront it? And that's in your nature, right? Probably not unless you have specifically chosen to do that. You're either a, um, a disciplined confronter or you're somebody who just falls into living as your natural self wants you to live. And the truth is, our natural selves, our bodies, our minds are, are made to avoid pain, right? If I um, see a forest fire, my mind is going to tell me to go the other direction, not toward it, right? And so avoidance of pain isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it's the most common sense thing, right? If you uh, see something that's dangerous, you avoid it. But, but, and this is the big thing. Sometimes you see the reward on the other side and you see something important on the other side and you feel like God is calling you to move a certain direction, but then you see that there are enemies in the territory. Then you see that there's, there's, uh, there's obstacles in the land, right? So in the book of uh, Joshua, what we have is we have a, um, a young man who uh, was a nobody. He wasn't anybody special Necessarily, he was the son of Moses' assistant, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And um, he, uh, Joshua, had kind of a front row seat to seeing what God did 
with Moses. And he wasn't necessarily leading. He wasn't doing exactly what he's supposed to do yet. He was in training, like I talked about in the video. He was in basic training, right? Watching, observing, <coughs> learning. Some of you, some of us, we're in a place where we need to train, right? We need to work. We need to, uh, to get back in the game, so to speak, right? You, you see those magazines in the grocery store? They say, get back in shape, right? Those are so popular because everyone gets out of shape, right? They wouldn't be popular if we didn't get out of shape and get in shape and get out of shape and get in shape. It's, it's actually seasonal. This is the time where it all goes south for me usually because it starts with Halloween candy, then it goes all the way through Christmas. Is what it is, right? January 1st, I'm going to work out today. Nope, doesn't happen. January 6th, nope, not happening still. Usually I, I start the process that I wanted to start January 1st, like in May. So work out really hard from May to like June and then I'm done. So, so some of us have to get back in shape, right? We have to get back in shape. Joshua, I guarantee you he was a very keen observer of what God did with Moses. And I guarantee you he gleaned off of Moses. And I guarantee you he practiced, right? He practiced. Some of us were like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I know my calling? How do I know my purpose? Well, first of all, calling has nothing to do with your status or if God's going to take you um, somewhere really cool, right? Calling has to do with relationship. And so if you don't know what to do, Form a discipline, a daily discipline of connecting with this God who loves you so much through Jesus and call out on his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is a helper, right? Connect with him on a daily basis and see what he does. So Joshua, this nobody, he is in a place where he has trained, but maybe not fully ready yet, but Moses dies, and God chooses Joshua to lead. Now, the children of Israel had been uh, in Egypt before, right? They were slaves. There's generations of, people, of, 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 of Israelites at this point who all they knew was slavery. And a lot of uh, uh, Bible teachers correlate a lot of these Old Testament stories to kind of our walk with God, right? Um, those of you guys that have been in a place where you just felt like a slave to sin, a slave to your, your own desires, a slave to selfishness, a slave to, to drugs, alcohol, whatever it was, that, that's kind of the idea here. Um, the children of Israel were actually slaves. They're actually, and it got harder and harder and harder and harder. And it, it, to me, it correlates perfectly with sin because at first sin is like kind of cool. Like, oh yeah, like see, see God sent the children of Israel first to Egypt to to save them of a famine. So they end up there, right? And it's like, oh, we have food. Great. Awesome. This is good. It's like when we first start to sin, it's like, oh, this is, this is nice. This is not bad. This is, I don't understand why people say this is a bad thing, right? But then as time goes on, the shackles start to come on, right? And you start to get stuck and you start to eventually get to a place where you're enslaved and you know that you're not in control of you. How many of you guys want to just totally give yourself to you know, whatever happens. No, because this world is worth fighting for. So anyway, the children of Israel, they're in Egypt and God leads them out of Egypt and into the desert, right? And it's like 250 miles. It's like from here to Vegas, here to Las Vegas. Now, I wouldn't want to walk to Las Vegas, but if I did, 
I don't think it would take me as long as the children of Israel, it took them to go from Egypt to the edge of the Jordan River. It took them 40 years. It's a long time, right? I think I can make it to Vegas in less than one, I think, on foot. Probably, like, I don't even know, I, maybe like two weeks. I, I have no idea, right? But 40 years. And the reason it took them so long is because God allowed them to get lost. He allowed them to feel the pain. Now think about your own life. You're freed from sin. You're freed from everything. You've given your life over to Jesus, but now you're in the desert. And now you're feeling pain and you're feeling lost and you're feeling confusion. Well, guess what? It's part of the process. It's part of the process. Through that process, you are going to learn exactly what the children of Israel learned. You're going to learn you can rely on God and God alone. Fully rely on him, right? That he's your source. He's the one that's going to take care of you. He's the one that's going to lead you. He's the one that's going to prepare you. I don't know if any of you guys have been in the military, by the way. I just want to say thank you to anybody who has served this week. Uh, Veterans Day is on Thursday, so I'm going to celebrate by sleeping in for you guys, okay? But no, we really do appreciate it um, very much, very, very much. But if you've been in the military, you know that basic training or boot camp, whatever they call it, stinks. It's not fun. But it's necessary. And some of you guys are going through the hardest times of your lives right now. But you know what? It's necessary because God has a promised land for you. So so God leads the children of Israel through the desert. They get to the bank of the Jordan River. And God does not allow Moses to lead them in because Moses has some baggage. Plus, he did his thing. He's, He's already done. God had used him. It was his purpose. It was time for him to fly away. I'm sure Moses was bummed at first. When he got to heaven, I'm sure he was stoked. Okay, So Moses, dead in heaven. Now it's Joshua's turn. And he's at the bank of this river, and they're going to cross over into this land that God had given their ancestors, that God had promised to a man named Abraham. Right? God promised this to Abraham, and Abraham believed God. And God reckoned to Abraham that is righteousness, because he believed, he had faith. Well, through a series of odd events, you know, Things didn't really make sense. The path wasn't straight, so to speak. But God was giving the people back their land at this point. So Joshua is there, and he knows all too well that when he goes over into this promised land, this gift that God was giving them, that it wasn't just go over there and chill. It was go over there, and there's going to be enemies there that are going to fight you, and you have to fight them. Now, our battle, okay, our battle for us, it's not against people who have different political views than you. It's not against that annoying person at work. It's not against that person who has hurt you. The battle's not against people at all. Paul taught us that the battle is against spiritual forces. And I also believe that one of the biggest enemies is the one you look at, the, look at in the mirror in the morning. At least it is for me. I got to fight that guy. There's two of me and the other one has to go down. But we have to fight. We have to have a a fighting spirit. Because sometimes when God gives you a gift, you have to go claim it. But sometimes you got to walk through a battlefield to claim it. And don't be surprised when you're in the battlefield. You're like, things should be good because I'm a Christian. Really? Where does it say that in the Bible? I read quite the opposite. It's uh, Things get really hairy, but it's worth it. It's worth it because you have a deeper love, a deeper satisfaction, a deeper meaning 
You're in the thick of it. How many people are miserable in life because they're just not in the game that they're supposed to be in? They're just not involved in the life that God has called them to be in. It's interesting. It's a battle. It's a battle. There's wins. There's losses. So you can read the whole book of Joshua later to see how that turns out. But I'm going to read to you uh, this scripture one more time. Joshua 1, 5 through 9. And then we'll, we'll kind of end here. God says this to Joshua. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man, right? We think people have power. Not when you compare people to God. All the people on earth can be against you. And if you have God, you are so far ahead. You are, you are, you are so much the champion. You're not, the, you're not the, 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 the contender, right? You're the champion. And you're going to continue to be the champion. Just as I was with Moses, just as I was with Moses. Remember, Joshua had a front row seat to see how God worked with Moses. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. See, that, that's God's heart, isn't it? He, he's kind of loyal. How many of you all have trust issues? Can't trust them. They'll, they'll do what everyone else does or they'll do it again, right? God is trustworthy. He's the only one who's 100% trustworthy. And he says, I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. So it's interesting that God is talking about success here with Moses. Success is not pray and then open your hands and receive all the loot. That's not how it works. Success is pray. God says, go that way. You say, but God, there's, 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 there's dangerous people that way. God says, that's exactly why I want you to go that way. Because I want you to minister to them. I want you to show them that you're not afraid. I want to show them that you're with me, right? That's what it is. It's moving forward. It's moving forward. Moving forward. How many of you guys are moving forward? Let's, let's, let's think about this for a second. Have you, have you stopped? Have you allowed that darkness to try to tug you back in, to pull you back in? Kind of deep for a Sunday morning. I'm sorry, but I've just been in this mood lately. Think about it. Or... Are you still fighting? Are you still taking a step? Listen, you take three steps backwards, at least if you take four steps, one step a day, right? You'll be further than you were. You have to keep moving forward. And this isn't just, I'm not just trying to motivate you guys. I'm just, honestly, I feel like it's a fight for our lives right now. I really do. So that you'll have success. Stay in it. Stay focused. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, we don't have to follow the Old Testament law. You know, if you go over to Jerusalem, Israel, uh, 
you see all these uh, Hasidic Jews and they follow the law. They seem stressed out because they don't have to. They just don't know they don't have to. If they just gave their life to Jesus, they would have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, I was going to say trumps the law, but I don't like that, the word for that. It's more like uh, that's the way, you know, is to listen to the Spirit, to follow the Spirit, to meditate on him. Like really meditate. Like, do you guys meditate? I, I've been trying to do it recently, and it's uh, not so easy. I, I thought it was going to be easier. Um, but meditating, you know, we think of it as like this wooey, like weird, maybe you're going to go to yoga and somebody's going to say namaste to you and you're going to say what a what, right? But meditating is, is just basically thinking of one thing and nothing else. And if you were to take 30 seconds a day and think of God and nothing else and do that as a habit, it'll change your, your way of thinking. It'll change who you are. Receiving from God, right? You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. That's interesting. We have a responsibility, don't we? Again, it's not just God help me. Okay, good. I'll see you later. It's God. This is what's on the list today. Tell me, Lord, what do I need to focus on? Speak to me through your words. Speak to me through friends. Remind me who I need to reach out to. Tell me who I need to talk to and what I need to talk to them about. So if you do that, again, you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? And he says it again. God says this again a third time. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Strength, uh, the, the definition for strength in the Hebrew, is to bind or restrain or fasten upon. Uh, my friend, um, Adrian, who I talk about a lot, he's, he's on a trip right now, but he, um, he always has these words. He's very devoted, and, and he always has these words. Sometimes he, he says something crazy, but I, usually it's good. Um, the other day, he, uh, or a while back, actually, when I first met him, he was like, we went out on a mountain bike ride out in the foothills, and there's these trees out there above, uh, you know where the barn is, the red barn? If you're from here, if you're not from here, I apologize. But there's a red barn out at Hart Park. You know, you know what I'm talking about? So if you go up from there, there's, there's trees out there. There's a bunch of trees. He planted those trees, my friend. And um, that's what he, he's, uh, he's, uh, um, he, he, he works in trees. I don't know what you call this person, people. But anyway, he, uh, landscaper. He's a landscaper. There you go. I'm not, I never plan on saying these things, by the way. I'm just kind of free flowing. But so, so in, uh, when he was showing me these trees, I noticed that um, they had sticks they had these, st- these sticks, they were stakes, and they were, they were uh, you know, pushed really far into the ground, very stable, and they helped the tree grow. And the word strength, that's basically the definition of it. When we are uh, young in the Lord, we're like a, a small tree, right? We need that support. We need to cling on to everything that God gives us. But eventually, our roots set in, And God is still with us, but he pulls back a little bit because he wants us to move forward on our own. And he'll still be there. But when you become mature, he wants you to actually put the work in and move forward into the land that he has called you to come come into. The word courage means to be alert, physically or mentally. 
How many of us are uh, paying attention? You're paying attention, right? How many of us pay attention only when it hurts? I have, um, I had uh, earlier this year, uh, I, actually a couple years ago now, I started developing like a sciatic pain. You guys ever had that? So it radiates like, it, it radiates through your whole body. Like it's just all the way down your feet, all the way to your top, right? You guys ever have these, these, these pains? So I went to the doctor, got the MRI, got the, all the workup, everything that I needed. And um, they told me, you know, I have a couple of discs that are uh, bulging, right? They're pushing on a nerve, a tiny little nerve. It's the, it's the smallest little thing, tiny little nerve. And because I was uh, slightly uh, irresponsible as a kid and I snowboarded a lot and did all stuff, I have pain, right? But that pain, I feel it in my whole body, but it radiates from one tiny little root, one tiny little root, one tiny thing. And if I work on that and stretch that out, and I went to physical therapy and they taught me how to do this, and if I do that, then the pain starts to dissipate. If I exercise, if I stay on top of it. The Apostle Paul said he had a thorn in his side. And he said he prayed to God and asked him to remove it, but God didn't remove it. And so what did the Apostle Paul do? Did he become a Mormon? No. What he did was he move forward anyway, even though this pain wasn't taken away. So, so some of us, we have, right now we have the sciatic pain. It's pain all over, but we don't know where the root is. We don't know where the root is. You can go to therapy and find out. You can read books and find out. You can ask your friends and find out. But I'm going to encourage you guys, if you are feeling any kind of discomfort, because it's important, because if you feel discomfort, you're going to want to alleviate that pain. And many times we alleviate the pain with the wrong things. So instead of alleviating the pain with the wrong things, I want you to sit down and talk to God about it. Ask him what it is that's gnawing at you. Ask him what it is that's on, inside your heart, that's inside your mind, that's just, it's just, it's just causing you to, to, to feel a certain way. Find out what that root is, and then ask God for a plan to manage it. And wherever he leads you from there, it's, this, is a good, good, this is a good exercise to get connected with God and see what he does. But if he leads you somewhere, if you put something on your heart and you just feel it, and there's you know, a couple days go by and you still feel it, and you know it's not emotions, then move on it. I have a new rule. See, I, I don't, believe it or not, we don't always know when it's God. Sometimes I get confused because I want to do something so bad that I will tell people that God's telling me to do it, but I'm not really sure. I'm just hoping. And I don't do that a lot. I'm really careful about that. But sometimes we don't know. And so I have this new rule where if I feel like something, like God is, is, is calling me to do something, whether small or, or big, I ask myself a single question. Is this a good thing to do? And if it is, I do it. Why not, right? Why not? So find the root of the problem, work on it, and move forward. So strength is the training, right? Strength is putting in your time. It's not fun. Get up in the morning, 6 a.m., open up that Bible, read it. You know, ask God what, you, what he wants to show you in that word, and then pray and connect with them, right? Get connected with the right people, right? Get connected with friends who will pray for you. Put the work in. That's training. That's strength. That's how you become strong. But then at some point, God's going to call you to move towards something that is dangerous. And when he does, realize you've been trained well and he's still going to be with you.
So walk boldly through that minefield. Walk boldly to the enemies and through the enemies. And realize that nothing can harm you. Right? It's a daily practice. It's what it is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are and what you do. God, take our hearts. Take our minds. Not our problems. Lord, leave our problems. If, they need, if we need our problems, leave them. If our problems are going to lead us closer to you, let it be. Lord, let it be. I pray, Lord, that we would all have a, an awareness today of what it is that's gnawing at us. What is our thorn? What is that thing? And I pray that you'd show us how to deal with it, how to manage it, Lord, how to bring it before you. And I pray, Lord, that no matter what, we wouldn't get fixated on what's bothering us or the pain, that we become disciplined people who choose to walk boldly toward you and toward love. We love you, Lord. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King, here is our Lord.